what's good podcast? i hope everybody's doing super well during this time. i haven't done a ah pre-roll recording in a little while. couple things on my mind. first, i just hope you're well. second, winetext dot com w i n e t e x t if you haven't signed up, it's a huge mistake. it has exploded. if you're following me on social, you know what i'm talking about. winetext dot com ridiculously great wines at even more ridiculous prices. this is the gary v audio experience. What is up everybody? Tom here. We're more than a month into staying at home and needless to say, it's been a trying time for us all. Overnight, we've changed our daily routines and driving down the street today, it looked like a post-apocalyptic scene. It is super weird and we're all trying to adjust to a new normal. And if you've been following me on Instagram, at Tom Bilyeu. You've probably noticed that I've been doing a lot more live interviews over there to discuss these uncertain times and how we can all come out of this stronger and healthier and even more connected than ever because I do think it's possible. So here is one of those interviews. I hope you get as much out of it as I did. I'm literally going to make a t-shirt out of the pattern. That is hilarious. So man, have you been doing this? Great. Thank you for asking. Really challenging, but like I'm an optimist and I'm a practicalist and like, and I'm also willing to go to zero. So, you know, just getting through it. Yeah. It's funny. You've talked so much about this. Uh, you know, the whole notion of, look, if you can rebuild, then the, a level of anxiety comes down. How do you think about that now as people are like that, that is real, man. How should people be thinking in this time? Yeah. Look, I think humility in the, you know, I love empathy, right? I named the wine empathy and like, I'd be lying if I didn't say, and I always thought like that was the super word. And now I think I'm getting really addicted to humility, right? I, I How do I think about it? I, I think everybody needs to realize like if you trade in your BMW, like don't worry that your neighbors are gonna think that you suck. Like, you know, just kind of like, it's really that basic. Like, I hope that a lot of people realize they don't need much to live a happy life. Like mm. there's a ton of people that are happier. Of course there's cabin fever and of course we miss people, but like, you know, I don't know. Like I'll tell you one thing. I used to need to be in the room in every meeting. You know me, I love people huggy kind of like, but like I'm excited that I'm going to probably see you three times more a year now. Cause we're going to do this, you know? And so I think there's a lot of opportunity in this time. And the biggest thing is, I just think people need to lean into humility. Like we've got our self-esteem wrapped up into our business success, our likes, our followers, our comments, you know, our things that allow us to flex. I'm just hopeful that people get into a, the, the reason I think I'm really in a good spot is I'm really okay with lose. If VaynerMedia went out of business, God forbid, I'm just very okay with the judgment of the articles, of the comments on my social media posts saying, I always, even if the person thought I was a genius, I always knew you were a farce, enter. Like, learn to have a relationship with judgment and negativity and and losing and find a place of happiness that is almost impossible for most people. Yeah, I think that's super interesting. So I'm, I, I assume you know who Andrew Yang is? Yes. Yeah, so I'm researching him, shooting an episode with him today, and that was one of the things he talked about in a book that he wrote. He wrote two books before he uh, ran for president, which I didn't realize. And in the book, he's like, the biggest problem with entrepreneurship is people are so terrified to fail. And he was like, until you find a way to institutionalize that, where you champion people for you know pushing beyond that and doing something even after the fail. And he was talking about it took him. So he had a company that failed. He said it took him at least a year to emotionally recover and to begin to feel good about himself again. 
And that to me, like when I think about this whole thing, whether it's you started a company and the company failed or you just lose your job. So many people are tied up in what that means, how that looks. Um, how do you help people unwind that? Like is in, in a by, social media by, culture. By, make, by making subconscious conscious. Uh, well, the reason I've been talking a lot about, holy, if you come from, you have the advantage. Like I can realize like me losing all the time, not being good at school, not, you know, after fourth grade, not being good enough in sports, you know, all that failing made me a rock, you know? And then I found where I was succeeding, which was baseball card shows, lemonade. You know, it's like finding your place where you're winning, which allows you to be very comfortable in a place where you're losing, not overvaluing other people's opinions, really sitting here for everybody, you know, D. Alexander, Gigi, Troy, Peter, Joe Booth, Zane, like really realizing, are you actually self, are you confident or are you insecure? And not being okay if, and, and excuse me, being okay if you're insecure and working on why. Like realizing your mom always told you you suck because she was in a bad place, which then makes it kind of like open up to you and then realize that you're not tricking anyone. I had a really, I just did tea with Gary B an hour ago and I see a couple of people mentioned it. Like the whole episode was one guy and I was just trying to get him to understand all his actions are coming from deep insecurity. And the punchline, Tom, was you're not tricking anyone. You know, like what I, what I find really fascinating about you as I've gotten to know you through this half decade is you have a lot, of, you have genuine emotional intelligence. And, and I think that that, is really powerful because what 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 that makes me know is that you like there's a lot of people out there in entrepreneur land and a lot of them are extremely real and a lot of them are completely full of in the house of cards and if i had to bet if we sat down and laid out the 30 names like who's real who's fake i have a funny feeling we would have very big matches whereas i think a lot of people who are not emotionally intelligent would be tricked mm. and i and i think the point i was trying to make to this young man earlier is you're not tricking the people that you want to have the actual relationships with. Winning with losing players is really not interesting when you're losing with winning players. Mm. And, and if you're authentically and own yourself, you'll always win with winning players if you just go to the truth of who you actually are and you don't posture. And so what I'm hoping that everybody does is, is learns from this time and stops trying to keep up with the Joneses and, and I believe that people are flexing on social media to posture, to position themselves in a place of confidence or success. And I think most of those people deep down are not in that place and they're using the medium. But I don't think the medium's the problem. I think it's been human behavior forever. Long before there was Instagram or Facebook, people were buying things they couldn't afford to impress people they deep down resented. Yeah, that, there's so much truth there. One thing that you said that I think is really powerful and I hope people hear in your message is if you have insecurity to not look inward and figure out what that is, to put your finger on it, to not try to run away from it, even in your marriage, like to, to give an example from Lisa and I. So a recent strategy that we've started employing in our marriage is when you're arguing about something, I can pretty much guarantee one thing. One of the people has put a finger on something that triggers an insecurity of the other person. Now, because you have a presentation layer of being annoyed, being upset, and maybe you even have a right to be upset, you're actually only upset because they've triggered some insecurity. But if you can actually say it out loud, so this is what Lisa and I do. It's like, yo, 
when you said that, it makes me feel this way, which is crazy. And I need to think, oh, it's I'm insecure about this. Like when you talk about that, like that really makes me. And I actually say these words. And Tom, because I, I'm. Go ahead. Keep going. I, I just I'm trying to understand my own insecurities. I know they're there. I know they're real. They're a part of what I call the physics of being human. It's like the physics of being human is a hundred percent. And so if Tom, you if you asked me, if you asked me to read something right now, I would dance like a ballerina trying to read <laughs> I can speak in front of 200,000 people cold. You could say, if you could unveil this right now and there was 200,000 people <laughs> and I could see them in micro and I would have to give a keynote on, I would do it in a second and I would destroy it. If you asked me to read, if you were like, hey, read this, Gary, and it was four sentences, I'd be like, Tom, no, let's get to Q&A. Like the people, like, who wants it? Like, I don't read at the Passover dinner, like the kids' little thing. I'm like, Moses, I'm like, eh. Like, completely insecure because I don't have reading ability and reading comprehension. But, you know, I, I'm with you on that. What you're saying is what I'm trying to tell everybody, which is the shadows of our lives are leading to the most unhappiness. The second you go naked, um, things get, you take up back. I, I call it the eight mile rule. It's the last scene of eight mile. They go into the battle rap and you know, rabbit Eminem, you know, loses the flip, which means he has to go first. And he takes all the leverage out of clearance by exposing all of his flaws, which that it's why I don't talk about a lot of Tom. Uh, my number one compliment on earth is every time somebody leaves a comment saying, Gary Vee, I'm done with you, you say the same. When I tell you that I smile from cheek to cheek, because I don't wanna talk about things I don't know. You know, of course my life will evolve and I'll talk about other things and tragedies and successes, things will happen, but, but I stay in my lane because then I'm not in a bad place. I'm not vulnerable, I'm not posturing. Like talk about what you know and own your like I, I've talked a lot more lately about my ability to be unbelievably candorous in interviews and in content and on one-on-ones, but then with my own employees, I dance too much and I struggle because I don't want to hurt their feelings. I love them too much. And it's led to a lot of entitlement and a lot of people not liking me as much because I've stunned them with the firing after two weeks earlier telling them everything was great, but then something happened four days later and it was the final tipping point of the last two years that they've stunk, but I didn't have the candor. And my brother, AJ, 11 years younger than me, came into the business 10 years ago. I mean, I had nothing in Wine Library. I was terrible at it. And then AJ came and I saw the value of it. I'm like, ooh, I need to get better at this. I remember telling him right away, he was 22. I was like, you're way better at this. You know, but then I wanted to be great at it because I have all this great, you know, kind of human ability, but without the candor part, it allowed me to be full of with my closest people. Outside here, I've dominated. It's why I, I mean, enjoyed. There's the niceness and the candor and it's worked for the people that it works. Inside at Vayner, I'm now, I've gone from zero to probably seven, which has made it a totally different organization. Yeah. And I'm proud of that, but I'll be very frank. Until it gets to 10, you know, it's still gonna have vulnerabilities. It's gonna cost me money. I'm running a business. I'm sitting on people for a year longer than they should be there. It's gonna cost me, it's gonna cost me my reputation because there's gonna be somebody walking around saying, that guy, everything's good, good, good. And then he fired me and my family was hurt or, you know, like, you know, like it's something I'm working on. And, I, and me saying that here gives me back the control of that instead of it becoming something in the shadows. And we all have to go there everywhere. It's like expose your scar, you know, show your burnt mark. Like it, all of it to you, I'm so proud of you, that's incredible. 
that you do that. And, and I think those are the best relationships in the world. Yeah, man, that, that whole notion of you're not fooling anybody that's that. So all of my anxiety, a hundred percent, all of my anxiety. Um, so getting into business, as you know, I had no entrepreneurial instincts whatsoever. I'm constantly in over my head. Like I, I just, and I was constantly trying to posture as if I knew what I was doing instead of just owning, yo, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to learn. I'm going to learn faster than anybody else. I wanted to play the part. I used to dress like really nice, really professional. And the more successful I got, the more layers I began to strip back to how I really felt, who I really am. My anxiety level started coming down because I wasn't faking anybody out. I finally believed that I could learn. And once I believed I could learn, I didn't feel the need to pretend I knew something I didn't. And so that notion of you're in a house of cards, you're trying to posture, you're trying to pretend that you are something that you're not because you think Scary. other people think it's cool. It, but literally, if people understand that, that's, that is the thing you should be afraid of. It does not feel good. Your subconscious it mind- It never works. It is a non-sustainable model. You will break. And sometimes, and I've seen it at the highest levels, you break in a way that will break all of our hearts. We're talking suicide. You've right. become so fearful of it, you literally decide to check out check out it is it is such a big deal we have to and i think this goes to the other thing i'm obsessed with right now tom which is can we redefine success as being happy not making money like i'm i'm so passionate about this right now like we all especially the ones who have financial success have to debate a level of responsibility to to take away what is the thing that many put us on a pedestal, take it from underneath us for the better good of everyone because we have to, have to, have to. If I believe this, I genuinely believe this. If we redefined literally every human believed in a hundred years that success, winning, was I wake up and I'm happy today, that we would have a huge game changer. And unfortunately, success is around stature, power, money, and we have to take the air out of it. We have to make humanity and kindness to each other and genuinely liking it, the new norm. I think there's a chance we can do that. And I, and I, I feel that sense of responsibility in me and I'm, I'm talking about it a lot. Dude, that's super interesting. And that notion of responsibility. So I, um, anybody who follows me know I prioritize sleep. I get my sleep. But over the last probably two weeks, I'm in this weird cycle where probably three out of the seven nights of the week, I'm waking up after three hours of sleep with this overwhelming sense of like, people don't understand. Legitimately, people do not yet understand that, that we're at the beginning of the pain. We're not in the middle. We're not at the end, like simply unlocking the economy and going back there. There is going to be a very long time of struggle. And there are people for real that um, they're really going to struggle, man. And one of my former employees uh, at Quest committed suicide, like, I don't know, a month before all this popped off. And I was at his funeral and just like, just, and you, just the other oh, day. Dude, be, so beyond gnarly. Yeah. Super, super recent. Thank you. And I'm there. His mom comes up and she's hugging me and she's just like, you don't know what you meant to him. His sister, his brothers, like everybody. And I'm like, but I didn't stop him from committing suicide. So I'm, I'm in this zone of like, man, how do you really like not, not what? cool content, but for real, do you, do you, like, how do you, do you? Tom, you will go down in my life forever as somebody who said something during a piece of content that really resonated. I know you know where I'm going. When you said to me, my ability to not judge myself is my great superpower, you you nailed it. And it's cool. I'm like happy that you have that um, for my own, because uh, I like that kind of shit.
because I like when I do it. Anyway, nonetheless, it's so funny that you just said that. I was like, you know, just kind of thinking off to the side as you were telling the story. I would not struggle with that because I don't judge myself. When when somebody's in such a dark place, no matter how close you are to them, you know, this is my biggest point. Why value other people's opinions when nobody really knows each other? Here's my thing on that. So I I don't beat myself up over it. I look at it like I would look at a data point, not to dehumanize it, because there was the connection and all that. That's real. But now setting aside the the what animates me in that moment is I have a data point. I tried a tactic. It didn't work. It didn't give me the result that I wanted, which was be for this guy and you know the other people that I care about to really thrive. And so I just want to know what what will it take to actually deliver something that works? And because I'm so obsessed with that, like I have a goal, what actually works to get me there and being able to face that, hey, this didn't work. So a story I've told a lot is I big brothered for this kid. It was supposed to be mm-hmm. eight weeks. I ended up big brothering for him for eight and a half years. And in all of it, I kept telling myself, oh, I showed him that somebody loved him. And that I felt so good about that. And that is worthy of feeling good about. But at the same time, it's now become a thing I have consciously chosen to hold on to that I didn't save him from his zip code. And so for me to both say, I showed him that somebody loved him and that's very important. But then to also say, but the problem hasn't been solved. Like the, the inner city well, you, is essentially you know, grinding you know, people you know, up. You know, you know what's funny? Uh, what, as you were talking, I was thinking, this goes into this weird place I sit with where the balance between competence and humility. Like I genuinely, I think I might be the best person in the world. Like that's like <laughs> literally in me. Comma, this is where it gets really interesting because off what you just said. Comma, I genuinely know I mean nothing. That tomorrow, God forbid, I get hit by a, make up something, a tree falls on my head, something less likely to happen. A tree falls on my head and I pass, that I would have an incredible, you know, 12, 18 hours on social. People would share their favorite clips, tell their stories. A lot of the stuff that I'm proud of, like the people that, the things I do that nobody knows about would come out. He did this, he, my house burnt down, he paid for it. Like real stuff that I'm super proud of. And then in three weeks, that'd be it. And so when I hear what you're talking about, I have this funny relationship of genuinely believing I might be the greatest person ever and in the next 40 years, the impact I'm gonna have is gonna make my birthday a national holiday and knowing I mean zero, nobody gives a And in that, it helps me with what you were just talking about, which is like, look, if you leave it on the field for real, like really leave it on the field, like if you just really try, this is far greater than any one man, one woman, you know, a group of people. It's just so macro, but just leave it on the field and just leave it on the field. Yeah, I'm obsessed with that notion. I, so I'm not a big sports guy, but the the way you see some of the greatest athletes play until you, you there's just they're spent. There's nothing left. And I have this huge, which I think you saw when you're at my house. I have this big painting of Michael Jordan from the flu game. And that is so inspiring to me. Like, that's where I want to be. Like, you pick your mission, whatever it is. Like, it doesn't have to be the same for everybody. But you pick that thing, and then you just go all in and really play. And that that's why I keep waking up now so early is I have this sense of, like, there's more to be done that I haven't figured this out yet. Um, and just really... I've created so much passion over this idea in my head that it gets easy to play out like that, to... to play so hard to be so engaged. 
It's super interesting. Uh, Martine Blazani said, sad and true, you've spoken about it a few times, like Prince and other artists it's, that passed away. I actually don't think it's sad. I actually think it's a beautiful thing. It's what's so amazing about the world. I think we all need more, more humility. Meaning like, look, the reality is like, I wanna do such greatness that I always wanna be remembered because probably because I love life so much and I think subconsciously I realize that a legacy is like how you stay alive. It's probably why I'm so grateful that I was born in this era where I can put so much film on tape. I know, Tom, do you understand that in 103 years, somebody's gonna be watching this exact moment? Hi, Rebatron. I think this is a bit weird. Hi, Rebatron, I hope you're enjoying the video. Like, that's amazing. And that used to be left for like Calvin Coolidge and. Edison and like, like just like, it's so cool that we have that now. We all get to have a true legacy. And I think what we do with that really matters. And are you really gonna post pictures of your Lamborghini or of like your vacation with like models? Like I'm like, there's so much good we can leave on the table. And by the way, I'm, I think sometimes people think I demonize fun for alpha guys. Like I don't, like go do your thing. I'm an alpha guy, like go to Vegas and have the best time. Like if you're single and you're like, have like a mazel top, like you wanna go and show that you're, you, you, you go to a spa if you're a lady, like show the glamour, and do you, but, but don't do it if you're doing it to make yourself feel better because actually deep down you're sad and you need this yeah. picture to make yourself feel better. Don't do that. And also know that we're building a whole culture that sees that and then starts feeling bad about themselves. It is why I'm very thoughtful about what I post. I, I do a lot of cool things. I, I travel fancy, I live fancy, you know, when I get the chance, you know, you know, you know this as a great speaker, like you travel around, like things are nice if you know, like it's nice, but like to put it out there to make somebody feel bad, you know, I don't need, I don't need that. Yeah, I need no, this, man. I need this convo. This is the use of my 30 minutes because I'm reading Mike Phillips and Crystal Mays and like, like, can one thing, you know, somebody said, leave it on the field, I'm taking that with me today. What I admire about what you're doing, what I'm doing, what I'm hoping other people will, my hope is that we get so popular that people say, oh, that's what I need to do, not, you know, lifestyles of the rich and famous. This is where I'm going. How do we make nice, cool as Dude, I'm with you. And I think this gets into the, going back to the physics of being human. What I mean by that is there are certain things that you'll be neurochemically rewarded for that will feel good. And when you get people that are um, living that I've never heard it referred to, the alpha guy, uh, party, whatever mode, um, it, it's fun for sure in, in brief quantities. Beyond that, I will say it begins to violate the laws of you know the physics of being human. You're just, there's no sense of fulfillment. Fulfillment comes from doing hard to improve yourself, to be able to serve other people it's as well. It's disguise, it's makeup. It's makeup. To me, it's a bowl of ice cream. It's like, it, yes. it is fun. Like I have gone clubbing in Vegas and it is fun. But let me tell you, yes. if that were the central thesis of my life, like there is a vapid sort of emptiness, not, not like in a judgmental way, It the physics of being a human. What are gonna be the things that really make you proud? Like think about, if you did something rad, you were in Vegas, all the strippers and alcohol in the world. And then there was one moment where somebody came up to your friend and was with them and you stepped in and were able to like get them out of that situation. Or there was a car accident and you ran in and you saved somebody from that. You're not going to think about the strippers. You're going to think about the moment where you helped somebody and did something rad, especially if it falls into your, like your skill set. And I think that story is amazing. And let me add one thing. It's literally happened when you thought, I like put myself in that place. Or 
you helped a lady get on the escalator. You don't have to, you know, like you're such a superhero dude, and I like sports. <laughs> like, like you know, I'm not sure I got the balls to like save like somebody out of fiery car. You definitely do. But what I definitely have the balls for is when I see a, an older man drop his handkerchief. I'm not scared of the germs. I'm picking it up and I'm giving like, like, like literally in that stripper movie, Hangover movie game, the opening the door for a lady when you go in for your steak dinner, like chivalry and like kind, like I, I think the mundane daily nice has a shot. It's cause I live it. I live going through airports and smiling at people. I had a person run back the other day to me. Like I, I was, you know, I thought it was like a selfie or something. It wasn't that. I smiled at them because I smile because I'm like people. And he ran back and he's like, "You made my day." Wow. And I was like, "This is the best. Like, this is what we have to get to. Like, like smiling. Like, 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 like somebody. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm so programmed by the way I was parented of like." good things are like like somebody drops their bag i want to pick it up like it's just nice it doesn't have to be the burning car like just help somebody put their bag i watch it you know when you sit first class you get on first i start working but sometimes i'll watch and i'll watch people like not like i'm watching like offensive linemen stand in front of an elderly lady trying to put her bag up and like six out of ten times people help People are nice, but like those four, my like brain, like I try to like climb over to purse because I was like window because my back sucked up, you know. So I was like window, like I try to climb over to purse. Like I don't understand, and like and so what goes through my mind is, if that dude instead of like thinking buying Beats by Dre or wearing his Supreme hoodie or having a barbed wire tattoo was cool, instead instead if he actually thought grabbing this lady's bag and putting it up for her was cool. That's where the whole thing flips. And I think communication has always changed the world. I am absolutely obsessed with using my platform to the minimal scale it is, as big as it is, it's tiny in the scheme of what I'm talking about, which is 8 billion people adopting this truth. But I do think I can inspire a lot of people to use it because they see my success and when they start to unwind it, it looks a lot different than the last five generation of alpha male success. And I think in that time, and I see you being a beacon for this and others, I see something's happening. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's a time where whatever ideas people have, they can at least spread through the culture very quickly. And I think I've I've said, like, I witnessed this with Quest, obviously. When we started, it wasn't like we were trying to be slick marketers. I just actually, my family struggled with obesity. And so I naturally was marketing to sort of that type of person, somebody that needs community, needs to be lifted up and celebrated. And as we were getting more and more successful and people would ask like, what was the secret? I said, hey, look, you're living in a time where doing the right thing and being a good person is the most powerful marketing vehicle ever. And ever. you now have the ability to actually show people what you're about, what you stand for. And it feels good, man. Like it just feels good to take care of somebody to, you know, like you said, big or little, but to really think about, and, and this is my obsession. So even going beyond the um, lifting a bag up for somebody, it's what, what skill set have you earned, worked your ass up to get good at that now will benefit somebody else, right? So um, there's a great example, Toyota incentivized their employees to go in and um, donate some of their time. And so people went in ladled, ladled soup at a soup kitchen. And they were like, you know, this is rad and I'm glad, but 
anybody can do that. What, what is something that only we could do? And they were like, we're line efficiency experts. So they went in and they helped the soup kitchen increase their efficiency mm. by 300%. And they were able to feed way more people on the same Love. money. And they were like, dude, now we feel good. And Tom, that, that to that's, me is. That's why I put out all my best content for free. I know how to communicate as good as anybody on earth. I really genuinely believe that. And I'm trying to literally give out the blueprint for free. It's my biggest impact. You know, it's Dude. funny, Kay, Kay Terry said something like, it's amazing how many people, they pinned it up here, I lost it now. I, like, I, it's amazing how many good people I see do nice deeds like that. And I think we as a society, like if we see somebody ultra attractive, like I see people go up to that person. I see a lot of women go up to very pretty women in public and say, you're just so beautiful, right? I see creepy guys do it too, but like, you know, like, or, or, you know, people come up to other people and say they admire like a success. I'm wondering like when that, I'm just going to go back to the mundane, when somebody opens the door or puts the bag up, if like three or four people actually said to that person, like, hey, that's, you know, I'm, that's going to be my takeaway. I'm going to verbalize when I'm impressed with somebody doing a small act of kindness. And like, I think that could become a behavior. Mm. You know, like back, like people don't understand that behaviors change. This is real, what I'm about to say. It was only 40 years ago that it was common for men to whistle at pretty girls walking by. Common. Mm. Like, like real. That is incredibly rare now. I believe that in 35 years, people could cheer, not full out cheer, but I think three <laughs> or four people could be like, hey, that was really nice, bro. I think that could become a pattern. And I'm thinking a lot about that. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, being that you're such a voice, it's that's exactly how it changes, right? So you're saying this now, somebody in the feed guaranteed is now gonna take this away. The next time that I go to help somebody lift the bag or I'm the one that can't reach it and somebody else does, I'm gonna be thinking of what you said, yeah, do too, that behavior because it makes sense. So yeah, I mean, behavior has, I don't think behavior has ever changed at the pace that it changes now because we have the ability- There's so much information. Correct. You and I didn't have an audience, like this is gonna be watched a million times, amortized over a decade. Like, you know, we, we didn't have that level of audience. We were affected mm. by Walter Cronkite. We were affected by, you know, like like Life Magazine, like it, Time and, you know, the newspapers. Like at, there's so many different voices that have platforms, which leads to a lot of weird and negative things. But it actually, and that's what we're focused on. Oh, now, you know, Nazi groups have emerged and this and that. I'm like, cool, but what about like, what about this half an hour? This wasn't TV for anybody right. 20 years ago. What about the impact that just happened yeah. here? Church. Brother, thank you so much for coming Yeah, thanks on, for man. having me. Always glad to spend time with you. Glad Always. you're doing well. Glad the family's you doing too. well. Stay safe. You too. And uh, we'll same goes to everybody in the thanks. feed. Thanks, everybody. Take everybody. Bye-bye, everyone. Peace out. Thanks, Tom. You got it, man. All right. We out. As we end today's podcast, I want to give a huge shout out to the people, you know, it's so funny, people that leave reviews and written reviews of this podcast on Apple, Spotify, and all the other platforms just mean the world to me. You've taken an extra 13 to 95 seconds to show love and also give context to people of why this is a worthwhile podcast. So I appreciate that so much and even more fun because uh, I think we all love a little cosign or a shout out or a little awareness. Uh, I'm going to have the team give a couple of shout outs uh, daily on uh, our favorite reviews. So take it away, which were our favorites this week? Thanks, Gary. Today's highlighted review is The Real Deal by Peter Safis. Gary is an authentic person putting his positive energy into the world. Thank you for your kind words and wisdom. 
He is an incredibly wise and intuitive business operator whose practical empathy is well-suited to serve both business-oriented and non-business-oriented individuals. Thanks, Peter. Keep those reviews coming. We could highlight yours next.